Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another installment of the Power of Love series, as presented by Dr. Jennings in Allen, Texas, in early 2020. 400 attendees sat spellbound as the good doctor shone a bright light on the origins of sin, the results of sin, and how God's truth and character have been distorted by sin. In this broadcast, we'll learn more about the difference between God's law and human law, as reflected in the simple story of a woman caught in adultery. The amazing event is recorded in John chapter 8. After dispersing her accusers, Jesus looked at the woman and spoke words we do well to remember whenever we stray from what we know to be right. Those words are a perfect reflection of who God is and how God acts. Here's Dr. Jennings. I don't condemn you. I love you. I want to restore you to health. Go and sin no more. Go and live in harmony with how I built life to operate. Relationships. Stop hurting yourself this way. This is design law. It's reality. But the imposed imperialistic Pharisees wanted the woman stoned and punished for her disobedience. Those who disagree under design law, we present truth and love and we simply leave them free. Every person should be fully persuaded in their own mind, Romans 14, 5. Under imposed law, though, those who disagree, oh, no, 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 they're heretics. They're heretics. We need to imprison them. We need to torture them. We need to kill them. We need to ostracize them. Remember the dark ages? We love our enemies. We give our life for others. Greater love is no man that he lays life down for a friend. No, no, under imposed law, we have to kill our enemies. We go on a crusade. We put a cross on our clothing, and we go out and kill people who believe different than we do. And we call ourselves righteous, and we tell people that we will have a special place in heaven. Under the design law, we sacrifice ourselves for others. Under imposed law, we demand that others serve us. Under design law, we turn the other cheek. Under imposed law, we actually have violence against our families. I don't know if you know the data, but the data shows that in Christian homes, there's no difference in child abuse rates and spouse abuse rates in Christian homes and non-Christian homes. Why is that the case? Because most Christians are worshiping an imperial dictator, not a designer who created the universe to operate on love. Most all Christianity across all denominations, and it does not matter, this is not a denominational thing, have been infected with this idea that God's law functions like human law, and therefore justice requires God to use his power to punish disobedience. And by beholding, we become changed. We become like the God we admire and worship. And when you worship an authoritarian dictator, you become more dictatorial. And therefore, it is righteous for me to punish those in my family who are disobeying and not keeping the rules. And abuse rates are no different in Christian homes and non-Christian homes. Think about reaching the lost. I love this example because I'm going to give you an example of somebody who's breaking the design laws 
and the human laws, imposed laws, breaking them both. And notice the consequence and how the person responds. We're going to talk about an IV heroin user who has been using dirty needles, and from his use, he's got endocarditis, infection of his heart. He's really sick. Now, he has been breaking the design laws, the laws of health. Everybody agree? But he's also breaking the imposed laws because it's illegal to use that substance. So he's breaking both types of laws, right? Does this individual want to be taken before the magistrate and have his deeds of law-breaking told to the judge and have the judge pronounce judgment upon him and sentence him? Does he, want to, does he likely want to go there? No, and if he did go there, wouldn't he hire an advocate, uh, a mediator, uh, someone to stand between him and the judge and plead his case? Does it sound like any Christianity you've heard? But does this same individual who's been breaking the design laws and he's sick because he's dying of the condition that he has, does he want to be taken to the doctor? And the doctor hears the history. The deeds and the misdeeds are told to the doctor, but then the doctor goes far beyond the judge. The doctor begins to penetrate deep into the secret recesses of his being, looking for every defect he can find, echocardiograms, MRIs, looking for every possible defect. And the doctor pronounces judgment on him, which you call that a diagnosis. The doctor diagnoses him. You have endocarditis and you're dying. And then he pronounces the sentence. And here is the remedy, the treatment plan. Here is what I recommend for you. And he sentences him with his therapeutic treatment. Does he likely want to go there? You see, when we present Christianity in an imperial imposed law model, we put obstacles up in front of people. People don't want to go to God. They want to create theologies that are designed to hide them from God. We have an advocate that stands between us and God pleading, my blood, my blood. We're covered with the robe of righteousness. We have all these things that are designed to hide us from God because we don't trust him. That would be like going to your doctor with endocarditis you know something's really bad. You've got fevers 105. You're really sick. And when you go in, the doctor comes in to examine you. You go, here, here's my healthy brother. Examine him. And whatever you find right, put it in my record. That's what this imperial construct leads to. Irrational, crazy stuff. The truth is, we go to God and we pray like David in Old Testament times. And David in Old Testament times say, Father, search me and see the wicked way in me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. We need to go to God knowing that He is our creator, our designer, and the problem is our condition, and that He has a solution, and He can fix it. That's what we need to do, and that's design law presentation. So what is biblical justice, if you understand now justice? Well, biblical justice, and the word justice, of course, justice is defined or determined by the law. So in Germany, you know, you can drive on the Autobahn as fast as you can go. And it's just a right to do so. They don't have speed limit there. And we got up at least 60 miles an hour. <laughs> but it's unjust to drive as fast as you can go in America. It's just a right to punch somebody in the face in a boxing match. It's unjust to do so in a soccer match. Justice is determined by the law. And so again, when you say biblical justice, the first question you ask is, what law lens are you looking through? And under design law, notice what the Bible tells us justice is. 
Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Psalms 82.3. Wash yourself clean. Stop all this evil I see you doing. Yes, yeah, stop doing evil. Learn to do right. See that justice is done. The right thing. The just thing. Help those who are oppressed. Give orphans their right and defend widows. Isaiah 1.16 and 17. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. The Lord is the God of justice. Isaiah 30.18. By doing what? Grace and compassion is just and right. This is what the Lord says to the dynasty of David. Give justice each morning to the people you judge. What's the next sentence? Help those who have been robbed. Rescue them from their oppressors. Jeremiah 21.12. Biblical justice is delivering the oppressed, not punishing the oppressor. Punishing the oppressor is human justice. God's justice is delivering, healing, restoring, saving those who are being damaged by sin. Why is this biblical justice? Because God's laws are design laws. He does not have to use power to inflict pain and suffering on people who break them because that's inevitable and unavoidable if he does nothing. You can't avoid the pain, suffering, and damage from breaking God's law, from transgressing it, from violating it. So key learning points. Use the integrative evidence-based approach. Make your understanding of Scripture harmonize with God's design laws. Always start by asking what law lends. Governments are built on imposed rules we call laws of our various societies. Human governments are built on the imposed laws. God's government is built on design laws, protocols upon which life are designed to operate. Human laws are imposed. God's are designed. Justice is defined by the law. Design law... Justice is healing. Imperial imposed law, justice is inflicting punishment. Teaching that God's laws are like human laws distorts God's character, incites fear, undermines trust, and obstructs the plan of salvation. What was the problem that sin caused that the plan of salvation was designed to fix? Because how you define the problem, how you diagnose the issue, will frame how you see the solution. If the person says, well, got you in legal trouble with the ruling authority, we're in legal trouble, and they give the example that I've heard many, many times, we now are condemned on death row and we're waiting for the magistrate to, to pass the final sentence and to execute the judgment on us. We're, that's where we are. We're, we're legally condemned to die. If that's the problem, you understand they will frame the solution as a legal solution to take care of a legal problem. And why would they frame the problem as a legal problem? Because they accept the idea that God's law functions like human law. And there it goes back to that root again, asking that question. How do you understand God's law? If it works like human law, then sin is breaking a rule and it requires the ruling authority to use his power to inflict punishment. Thus, we're in legal trouble. And it really roots in misunderstanding God's law. You come back to design law. What was the problem that sin caused? The plan of salvation was designed to fix. When Adam sinned, we asked, did God get changed? 
In any way, was God changed? Or is God the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? I change not. God is the same. Did God's law get changed? Or is it eternal, constant, expression of his character of love? It does not change either. God's law was not changed by man's sin. Was the condition of Adam and Eve changed? Yes, Adam and Eve were changed. So if we don't go any further, we just understand that when Adam and Eve sinned, God wasn't changed. God's law wasn't changed. The condition of humankind was changed. Then you can ask the question, then where will the action of Christ have to be? Where will the application of whatever Christ is doing, however you explain it, where will it have to be active in order to fix the problem? Will it have to be active on God? Will it have to do something to the law? Will it have to actually do something in humankind? However you explain it, anything that suggests, well, Jesus is in heaven applying his blood or presenting a sacrifice to his father to make legal amends or to assuage wrath or to adjust anger, it's all wrong. There was never a problem with God's attitude. There was never a problem with God. There was never a problem with God's law. It's perfect and righteous. There's nothing wrong with it. There is something wrong with the condition of man. And so Christ's mission on earth was to fix the problem in humankind. So that's where the work of Christ and the application of his victory must take place. When you understand that, that the problem is in man and the victory has to be applied in man, does it give you some insight right there as to maybe that's why Christ had to actually become human? Because that's where the work needed to be done in humanity. And we will pick up this presentation recorded in Allen, Texas, right where we left off in our next broadcast. Be sure to join us. Between now and then, I invite you to visit comeandreason.com for many resources Dr. Jennings and his team have made available to you to help you along your journey of understanding on these issues. Comeandreason.com. This program was sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Music